This presentation is from UX Australia 2015, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. I'd like to introduce Davide, and as you can see, he's going to talk to us about the secret life of inputs. Thanks. Thank you. So today, this talk is about details. It's about the intricate, painful details of behavior across devices. Uh, my name is David Rizzo. I'm a Melbourne-based UX and front-end developer. So over the course of my career, I've really been working on both development and design, and development in the sense of front-end development. And what I've come to understand is that there are certain things that you get to when working with code uh, that really have a big impact on user interaction. Now, I could say here and start a chant about being a developer, but uh, not everyone here has development skills. Some people have development skills, but that's not the main focus of, of UXs. The main focus and skill set of UXs is UX design. And the main focus of developers um, is not interaction design, it's development. So if you don't have the skill set to do both, you need to work closely with your developers and you need to work closely with your testers because uh, at the end of the day, the behavior may be different to what you might expect. I work for the Suncorp Group, uh, based in Melbourne, uh, and my time there really has been working a lot of insurance products. And as you know, insurance asks a lot of questions and does a lot of form design. So this is really where I've gotten uh, my, ex my experience and knowledge from. So this talk is about HTML. It's about, um, but it's not about, it's about interaction. It's not about um, understanding code. Um, it's about the web specifically. It doesn't relate to things like uh, native applications, but it raises the same sort of interesting questions. So when it comes to understanding inputs, um, there are really four pillars. So what the, what the control is semantically, and that's the HTML that, that, that defines that, what the interaction is, uh, and that's you know what we're we're interested in. What the st how the styling works, and that of course can influence uh, how users use it. And the validation, you know, what what are the states, and how quickly can we show the users what they've gotten right and wrong. Understanding all of these is is really critical to getting um, best practice forms. So let's talk about basic input types. Uh, this presentation is actually built in HTML, so you're seeing the real interactions in in a Chrome browser. So it, as part of HTML5, they introduced this concept of type. And you could implement different types of inputs. We've got things like text and password and search. And then HTML5 introduced these specific new types, like telephone fields and email fields and URL. Uh, the thing about um, understanding what, the, what this does for the user is it really changes the interaction and the meaning. So when we talk about touch devices and and custom keyboards, the telephone keyboard will have very specific controls around you know, just giving you the numbers that you need. And the email keyboard will make it easier to put in at symbols and won't you know, insert spaces everywhere. So uh, the real thing to understand is that outside of the HTML, this, this attribute for type, there's no way you can fake this. You can't use any sort of JavaScript. There's no coding tricks that you can do to actually enable this um, browser behavior. Um, so, for example, another thing to, to, to think about is uh, how, how the form feels for the user and how it works. So, 
when you click on a field, you get a focus state, and that focus state works if you tab between inputs. And it's really important to show the, this focus state for the user. It's not just for accessibility. It helps the user understand where they are. Validation also, we've got red input fields here. And when I start to type in, we see that's valid. Now, you might say um, that's not really a valid phone number, but the browsers keep this intentionally wide open. And they do this because they're not, they don't want to control how we, we, we define what is a telephone. Does it include brackets? Does it include spaces? Does it include X for extension? Um, they let you control that. And you can do that by using other attributes like pattern um, down the line. So there's another thing I wanted to talk about, and that's browser autocomplete. Uh, I'm not talking about a, a custom-built autocomplete. I'm talking about the one that the browser uses to help remember um, things that you've entered before. So if I have a, a normal sort of username field, and I start to type, I've just put in a single character, bam. There we go. I've already filled out that, that input. Now, if you do a bit of a Google search around autocomplete and what to do with it, you get about 3,000 sites uh, explaining why you should turn it off um, between the off and on state. And the reason that is is because back in the day, you know, security thought it was a risk to have the browser remember your, your, your values. But the fact is um, it, makes, it makes filling out forms so much easier. It's, it's a really good UX experience. I can enter a single character, and it will pull through all the information that I have. And if you're still concerned about security, uh, I need to let you know that modern browsers actually have started ignoring it. And the reason they ignore it is because um, this helps enable password managers. And password managers are the one thing that help us get out of this horrible mess that passwords on the web today. So how exactly does a browser know how to autocomplete your field? How does it know the difference between a first name and a, a postcode? Well, back in the day when... Uh, browsers were st starting to, first starting to do this. They used heuristics based on the uh, label and what text was around the field, and that worked okay. Uh, that's another indication to, to make sure that your code links the label and the field together properly. Um, but over the time, the browsers, this wasn't, in, this wasn't secure enough because sometimes people design forms with labels over in wrong places or they name them incorrectly, so ne they needed something... Um, more concrete. So the recommendation from the HTML working group is to use these series of tokens. So rather than just using an on and off value, you can actually set these specific list of tokens. So there's a huge list of tokens, but they're standardized. So every time you have a first name field, you use this first name uh, token. And they even have things like saying, okay, so this is, this is specifically for a billing address. So say the people on the left here had a website that had a first name field for their billing address, and they put these tokens correctly. And then the user jumps over to you know, someone else's website and starts to fill it out. It'll fill it out for them. So it'll fill it out in one go straight away. So the more we use this, the more we understand that the tokens are there to be used, the better experience it is for everybody. All right, let's talk about the number field in HTML it starts to get weird. And it starts to get weird because the browser defines how the number field works, but it doesn't tell us what type of input we need to use it for. So what I'm going to do is explain to you how, what the number field can do, and then I'll, I'll explain how, how I think we should be, should be using it. So 
the number field accepts numbers. That makes perfect sense. But what exactly is a valid number? So I can put in a negative value. That's valid. Um, negative values are cool. Uh, and we've got these attributes called min, max, and step. So if I was to set the minimum constraint here to zero, then the number will, will show the user as invalid. That's if you've styled it correctly to do that. There's no JavaScript running here. This is purely browser-based CSS and, and HTML. So I can also you know, add large values and set the max attribute. There we see um, it becomes invalid again. So we've also got these little thing called these stepper controls. They're quite tiny, and but what they allow the user to do is is to go down or up to increment um, the step of that number. Now Chrome's smart enough to to block it there based on the maximum value, so it's it's quite nice in the way that that works. Now the size and the display of this control here will vary not only across browsers but across operating systems. So the one in Chrome on Windows will look different to the one in Chrome on uh, on a PC. But they all generally work the same. And some browsers support them, and some browsers don't. Um, but they're not critical to the function of using a number field. Uh, and the reason it goes up and down one step is because the step attribute, by default, um, is set to 1. Uh, we can also set the step attribute to decimal values, because if I have a decimal value here, even though it's a valid number, um, we would have to set the step attribute to 0.1. If you wanted to do any sort of numbers in here, you just need to set this key value uh, of any, and that will be quite valid. So we understand that the value is the thing that's important to the number field. It's the, the actual um, quantity that, that, that it's actually submitting um, in the background. So things like leading zeros or white space, depending on the browser, they may or may not be submitted, but the, the, the important factor is that the number is submitted. Uh, the one thing that, that kind of gets uh, confusing is to whether the number field should accept commas. Now, we've all seen numbers, you know, 1,000 operator um, accept commas, but all of the browser vendors and all devices, as far as I've seen, none of them accept commas. In fact, Chrome doesn't even let you, um, doesn't even let you input them. So, yes. How does this behave on touch devices? So on touch devices, we get this customized keyboard. Here we have the iOS uh, numeric uh, virtual keyboard. And you can see we have the numbers here. And we also have all of these punctuation symbols. Now, we know that only the negative and the, the decimal place is a valid symbol, but it gives you all these um, characters anyway, which isn't really optimal from a, a user perspective. We also, if there's this little quirk in, in Apple, because Apple likes to be different, um, you can set this pattern attribute to this very specific value to limit the range of numbers to integers. And that will give you this much nicer keypad for numbers. It's very similar to the telephone keypad, but doesn't have the, the funny telephone characters. On Android, you've got a world of crazy things, because on Android, you've been able to install custom keyboards for a long time. The Google keyboard is quite nice. It has all of the number keys, the full stop, um, the negative symbol. It also has a comma for some reason, uh, space. Um, I guess they're trying to make efficiencies with other inputs. Uh, and then on Samsung, you get some other sort of you know variations. Um, this one doesn't have any sort of symbols at all, any punctuation. And the one on Chrome has 
a full stop, but not a, not a negative. So if you're going to use this in the real world, make sure that you generally use it. It's only safe to use it for, for integers. So what do we do with things like numeric codes, it's like things like postcodes and serial numbers? And it took me a long time to try and figure out what was the right type, what was the right way of using these. The way we want to use this is we want the user to be able to, on a desktop, to enter this however they like. If they want to put spaces between the sets of numbers, if they want to put hyphens, brackets, that's cool. We can just strip that out in the back end and just submit the number part. But when it comes to choosing the type, there's no type for these. HTML hasn't come up with something that represents a numeric code. Um, so my advice, use the telephone type if the number is the key important thing here because you'll get, you get that telephone keypad and it's a much nicer experience. There are other, other types of code which may have um, restricted sets of characters. Uh, unfortunately, there, there's no type for those. There's no way we can restrict the types of characters uh, on a virtual keypad. Um, it would be great if we could customize those, uh, but it's not really a feature we have yet in HTML. Lastly, we'll talk about dates. There's a lot of ways of trying to do dates. So the most simple is just to use a text field. Uh, if I type in the numbers here, we can use the pattern attribute, which is like uses regular expression to match that specific pattern. The only issue here is that it relies on the user to type the slash. We can allow them to type different types of slashes, but that's that's you know making the user do a bit of extra work. And I don't know if anyone's tried to validate um, things like leap years; uh, it gets really messy. We can use select boxes, and this is the type of input that you see on many, many uh, forms. And the reason why this is so common is because it's really robust, it's really stable, and it works everywhere. And you have the three different, three different numbers that represent the three different fields. Now, if you want to validate the number here and show the user whether they've got it right or wrong for things like you know February dates after 28th and so forth, um, you have to control each one separately, and, and you've got to make decisions on, do I show just that one part of it that's incorrect, or is the whole thing incorrect, and you've got to style it according, accordingly. The other thing that's a bit annoying is for users that's putting in a date of birth, uh, you know, if you were born a little while ago, you could, you know, you keep going down, it takes a while. <sighs> Over the years, uh, different people have come up with, you know, some JavaScript plugins that can make try to make life easier. So this one kind of has three separate inputs and treats it as one. So if I start to type, I type in two characters, it automatically jumps over to the other one. And that makes it really nice to type in things like date of birth. But it adds some little quirks. So what would you expect it to do if I put my uh, cursor here and type the character? If I type the seven uh, neural, it doesn't even type seven, it just tabs over to the other side because that input's already, um, already filled. Now, this really depends on how these plugins are built, and there's a lot of them out there, um, but you really have to be careful that this works correctly, especially on touch devices and, and mobile phones. We found that in, in reality, um, testing this with real users, uh, it causes a lot of bugs when you're interfering with key presses as they're using it. The same sort of thing goes for this mass input type of approach, where you type character and it adds and deletes characters as you're typing. 
So it looks really nice on the desktop, and it's, it is easy to type date of birth, but once again, this, this created a show-stopping production error um, in some of the uh, touch devices that we use. So it, it is fraught with danger interfering with key presses on touch devices. Uh, of the custom ones, finally we have the date picker. Now the date picker is where you click and you get a little calendar. That's a really nice intuitive mapping. It's really easy for, for people to understand that this is a calendar, this is where I can pick things. Um, but because it's built custom in JavaScript, you have to make sure that this little mini modal window that you're creating uh, is responsive, if that's what you, you know, if your site's responsive and it's successful and accessible. Uh, and that's, that can be challenging. And also we've got the same old problem of dates of birth, which is going to take a while. Lastly, we have the native date. So a couple of the browsers support the date input natively. Um, Chrome does a fantastic job of this. So it's a single input field simply with type date, and it enables all of this function. It treats um, each part of it as a separate input, but it types like one um, intuitive input. It also has the stepper controls we saw on the number input, and it has a built-in calendar picker. Um, now, some of the things to be aware of when you're using the native date is, A, it's only supported by certain browsers. So if you're going to use it in the real world, you need to support the older browsers with, with some sort of JavaScript plugin. And the other thing is that it always submits it in this um, YYYY format first. And that's, that's actually the HTML standard and the correct way of submitting dates. It doesn't matter what you do with the date in the back end. You can you know, get it to, to match whatever database or um, thing you need. So on the native, um, the native date on mobile uh, and tablets, you get the barrel roller. And all, all, pretty much all of the modern uh, device browsers have this, this barrel roller. And it's what's become the standard and the expected behavior. So I encourage you to use this. And it's the only way of actually enabling this, this barrel roller. You, you, can't, you can't fake it anyway other than setting the type date. So how can we use this in the real world? There's, there's all these different techniques, um, but I encourage you to um, explore using the native inputs because there's some functions that they have that really can't be faked um, any other way, and you just need to support them using um, JavaScript uh, to make sure that it works seamlessly across um, all the devices. So my takeaway is, is there's a lot of intricacies here. Like There's a lot of detail in understanding the behavior uh, and it's challenging to, to really get your head around all of it, but it's worth it because it makes you know, users submitting forms and, and inputting data so much easier. Thank you. Thank you, Davide. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes for questions. Who's got the first one? I'll come running over with a microphone. Yeah. Thanks, David. That was, that was really excellent. Um, just uh, could you comment on accessibility? Uh, any thoughts on that? Because, for example, we've, we uh, built an application and we had what was supposed to be an accessible date picker, and we took it out and tested it with visually impaired users. It turned out that it wasn't, and we ended up just throwing it away and having a basic input field. Um, from my experience, the native inputs tend to be a much more stable um, for accessibility. So things like the date picker from in Chrome is, is really nice. You just have to make sure that if you do build a custom one in JavaScript, that you either need to manually get your developers to build in that accessibility uh, or use a plugin that exists that already has those, those features. So it's something to be aware of. 
first of all, absolutely liked it because it's a real pain in the backside sometimes, the input's problem, um, especially the dates. But we have a, quite a lot of problems with date-time figures. Um, have you ever come across anything that can sort of resolve that issue? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't tackled date-time specifically. Um, I remember hearing a talk from someone, I think it could have been from Atlassian, um, at, a, at a conference saying that the time picker was one of the most catastrophically complex thing they'd ever tackled because of time zones and understanding time zones across countries. So I don't know exactly how it works in terms of the date time picker. I think the separate date and time aren't too bad. The, the time picker is pretty good, and the, there's lots of plugins to do that. But um, yeah, if you're tackling time zones, yeah, it's it's a, ch a real challenge. Um. Hi, you said there was a showstopper issue with the um, field that was all in one, one field. Can you t explain what the showstopper was? It was basically on older Android browsers and newer Samsung native Android browsers. So what was happening is users would try to type in that field. And because it would, by nature of how that works, it actually adds characters as you type, it would physically stop them from typing the date. And when that date was critical and in a mandatory field, they couldn't get through the flow. So that, that was it. That's awesome. Thank you. If anyone's got any other burning questions, then grab Davide in the break. Thank you so much again. We hope you liked this presentation from UX Australia 2015. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.